0: Of peace, welcome shall proclaim and hands eternal arches ring. The text for the sermon this day is taken from that reading from Philippians, specifically these words Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. That is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Last, is, in case you did not notice when you came to church this morning, it is a little bit more white outside than it was only on Friday. And that is what comes with this time of the year. We get snow, it gets cold, and the days get darker. Last night when we had church at St. Peter, it was nice and black out. We had to use a spotlight to light the stained glass window when only a couple months ago we had the sun shining through it. The days are getting shorter. They're getting colder. And in fact, next week, at this time, if this forecaster is right, the temperature is going to be about 1. So it's only going to get much colder as the time goes on. As we are in this season of the secular celebration of Christmas, in case you don't know, Christmas is exactly two weeks from today. That means, if you've not done your Christmas shopping, you need to go do it. You probably should get on to it. So you have to get to work on trying to find that right gift for the right price, and hopefully you avoid the terror of forgetting somebody. And then you have those thoughts as Christmas fast approaches of what you're going to do for Christmas. Are you going to go to your... are you going to go somewhere else or is somebody going to come here? If you've got to go somewhere else, you've got to plan the trips, you've got to think about where you need to stay, and you've got to hope that the weather cooperates. If people come here, then that means you need to get the house clean. That means you have to make sure you've got enough food. That makes, you have to make sure that you've got a place for people to stay. This season, because it's colder... Because it's wetter out. Leads to, it's a time when people get sick. There are colds, there are flus. All those viruses that go around. Those who are already weak become weaker. This is a time of the year where, there, where many relationships end, lead to brokenness. They've actually actually done a study and have found that December is the month that has the highest percentage of breakups compared to any other month of the year. This is a time of the year that those who have lost loved ones, it's especially notable. They notice, it's very easy to notice, especially when you get to that meal, that person... That should be at the table, but they're not. Even if it happened, it may not even happen in the last year, it might have happened many years ago, but you still can see that they're not there. And if you're somebody who does not have anyone, you don't have that special someone, you feel the loneliness is a lot stronger. And then there's the reality of if you're in school, the end of the semester comes, which means tests and papers. And if you're a teacher, you have to grade all those. If you in many vocations, many jobs, the end of the calendar year means a whole bunch of things that you have to get done before December 31st comes around. It is indeed a very stressful time of the year. It is a time that makes us wonder what is there to rejoice about. Well, here's the thing, what here's some things to just think of. On the surface level, you can think this rose, it does let you know. That Christmas is not that far away, so you could think for yourself. Think for a moment of that time when your fam- those family and friends that you haven't seen in a long time, they walk in that door, and you get to see them. You get to spend time with them. Don't think about that relative you don't look forward to. This doesn't. That doesn't help this example. But just think of when they come, they come in. Think of the joy you'll see of your children or grandchildren when they open up their presence. Think of that food, the smell, the aroma of the food going through the house and the taste of it. And that's not that far away. And all the stress will come to it, will become, begin to come to an end. And by the way, I don't know if you realize this, but Christmas is December 25th and the first day of winter is the 21st, which means technically the days are getting longer by the time you get to Christmas. So you're getting more sunlight. Not a lot, but there's a little bit more. But that's only the start of it. The greatest rejo- reason for rejoicing, the greatest reason of joy, is what Christmas is ultimately about. See, we began the hint. The first hymn we sang today was "Joy to the World." Now, as a rule of thumb, I don't usually sing. We don't usually sing Christmas hymns during Advent, and the reason is, is because. It's not Christmas yet. It's the same reason we don't sing Easter hymns during Lent. It's because if you sing Easter hymns before you get to Easter, you lessen the celebration of Easter. Because you've not had that, that long penitential season to get you ready for it. So the same, And I'm not talking about what you do at home. If you want to listen to Christmas music, that's fine. But I'm talking about the congregation. In the congregational setting, we wait... For Christmas, because when you restrain it, it becomes all the more joyful when you do get to sing it. Because see, the season of Advent is a season of repentance. It's a penitential season. In fact, all those bad things that are going on in the world, all the stresses in this world, the fact that there is darkness, that there is cold, that we do get sick, it's actually to call us to mind, to force us to focus on our God, because it is as a result of a sinful world that the world has become dark, that there is sin in this world. But as I said, we are in a penitential season, and so we do not do Christmas hymns. But I started with joy to, we started with joy to the world. Which seems like, I'm, wait a minute, isn't that, aren't you contradicting yourself? Well, in reality, Joy to the World, Isaac Watts, who wrote it, actually wrote Joy to the World for Gaudete Sunday. He wrote it for the third Sunday in Advent. Not for Christmas. Because if you notice in the hymn, it never says anything about the birth of Jesus. The very first words, Joy to the world, right away, gives a hint about Gaudete Sunday because today is the Sunday of joy. And then it says, the Lord is come. The refrain of the Advent season is, Christ has come. Christ has come, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died and buried, and on the third day rose from the dead. And Christ is come. Christ comes to us in his word. Christ comes in the sacraments. And then Christ will come again on the last day. So that second phrase is, the Lord is come, is echoing the sentiment of Advent, which is the confession that Christ, the Lord, is come. Let earth receive her king. Notice when we started the service of Matins. The advent, Advent, instead of saying praise to you, instead of the alleluia, we say praise to you, O Christ, king who comes to save us. Not the exact same words, but very similar sentiment. Joy to the world all throughout it. Even the third verse has a very strong connection with our, um, what, one of the hymns that we're going to sing in a little bit. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found. See, this is calling back to the garden. The cur- what, Jesus- what the Lord said to Adam and Eve, That by the thorns and thistles they would work the ground. That was a curse because of their fall into sin. The third verse is talking about a day when that curse is gone. This is pointing forward to when Christ will return. And by the way, I'm not saying we don't sing on Christmas. In fact, Christmas Eve it is scheduled in as the closing hymn but just pointing it's very very much fits to this day because that is a reason to rejoice because we know what the curse the consequences of sin are we see it everywhere if you ever want to see if you if you really need convincing all you have to do is go on the other side of that wall and you will see the consequences of sin death is its consequence. As we are cold, as we we see broken relationships, and we see the struggles of this time of the year, we see the consequences of our sin. But this rose is not just calling to mind that Christmas is near, it is calling to mind that Christ is near. That Christ shall be come again. And when he comes, he comes to bring peace. He comes to bring a world where there is no death. When there is no sickness. Where there is no cold. Where there is no darkness. And if there's snow, we'll actually like it. That's what he promises to bring. The meal that you look forward to on Christmas day, the feast that our god has in store is so much greater he's going to put together he has a feast prepared for you that is greater than anything that your grandparents or parents have ever made and if they're like if your grandparents are like my grandmother that's saying a lot And what's more is you're going to be able to eat that meal and partake in that feast without worrying about counting calories and how much it's going to add to your waistline. And you're going to be surrounded by people that you have not seen in a long time. You will see people that you didn't even realize you missed. That, that day, that moment that we have to look forward to that is a reason to rejoice that is a reason to celebrate the hymn that we're i think would it be okay if we just stick with what we planned there okay good cuz i think we got a few more people wandered in the hymn that we ha- the hymn that we're going to sing right after this is hymn 355 will savior rend the heavens wide it's a hymn that we're going to sing the next 2 weeks and it kind of carries a similar message to O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. See, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel is very much an Advent hymn. In fact, it's, it specifically belongs to the last seven days of Advent. See, the season of Advent is very much about the anticipation of Christ's return. It's about us looking at the reality that this world, the effects of sin at times is more than we can handle, more than we can bear. And we want to say to God, we want to say to Jesus, O oh, Savior, rend the heavens wide. Come down, come down with mighty stride. Unlock the gates, the doors break down unbar the way to heaven's crown. That's just the first verse. Asking our Lord, bring your kingdom fast. Bring it soon, bring it quickly. Where there is no hunger, where there is no thirst. Until that day comes, he gives us ways to To prepare ourselves, He gives us the Lord's Supper, which is a foretaste of that feast to come. He gives us His Word that we are to be in, which itself is a feast. He tells us to constantly remember our baptism. But also, this day of rejoicing, I encourage you that as the stress of the month of December goes through, I encourage you to sit back just for a little bit. I'd say watch your favorite NFL team, but if it's the Vikings, it might be too stressful. But sit back, drink a glass of eggnog if you like it. Have some Christmas cookies. Watch some Christmas movies. Listen to some music you like. Read, some, read the Christmas narrative. In fact, the congregation in prayer for the next couple weeks is following that narrative. Sit back and read. Take part in the things that are joyful. It's just a taste of the joy of Christmas to come, which is, a greater Im, which is an image of the greater joy of when Christ will come. Rejoice, I say it again, rejoice always. Christ has come, Christ is come, Christ will come again. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keeping the one true faith and the life everlasting, amen. We continue with him 355.